every person who has ever lived has wondered about the place beyond mortality. Shakespeare called it the undiscovered country. God's word tells us about our souls, our bodies, and heaven. What happens at the moment of death? Will we recognize and know our loved ones in heaven? What is heaven actually like? What will we do there? Join me today as I interview Dr. Ron Rhodes, author of Heaven, the Undiscovered Country. Ron is the president of Reasoning from the Scriptures. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Welcome, Dr. Ron Rhodes. Thank you. It's great to be with you today. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing very good. In fact, I was just having a quiet time a a few moments ago and just really enjoying the Word of God. Oh, isn't it great? Yeah. The Word of God. And your ministry is called Reasoning from the Scriptures. So all of your books, and you've written many, always deal with what God's Word really says. And I love that because Family Shield's mission is to educate and equip people to know Christ and grow in His Word. So, you know, we have some common interests there. Well, you know, that's a very important fact, because uh, in this world, there are things that happen to us, and we don't know why certain things happen to us, and we're unsure about things, but we can always be certain about the Word of God. Uh, And in fact, I always tell people that when you don't understand why certain things happen to you on this planet, that is the most important time to anchor yourself on the stuff that you do understand. Yeah. And what we do understand is from God's Word. Right. And and um, some of our listeners know that my husband and I have lost two of our adult sons over the last year. And because of our faith in Christ, we're getting through this. And because we know they are in heaven, they had faith in Christ. It wasn't because they necessarily did all kinds of good works, although they were workers in God's kingdom. It wasn't their works that got them to heaven. It was their faith in Jesus Christ. And so I told you the other day in an email, I was really interested in discussing more about your book, Heaven, the Undiscovered Country, because I know a little bit about heaven and God's word and what it says about our soul and and our bodies being a tent. Uh, But uh, I want to learn more, and uh, that's what we're going to do today. Now, you have a a book entitled Heaven, the Undiscovered Country. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, the book focuses on the Word of God, and and the reason why the book is exciting is not because of me. Uh, The book is exciting because the Word of God tells us some very exciting things about heaven and the afterlife. Uh, Just to give you a little bit of a glimpse of what I'm talking about, the Bible tells us what heaven will actually be like for those of us who pass over to heaven. That's that's contingent upon uh, trusting in Christ for salvation. Uh, There's also a lot about uh, the blessing of heaven for believers in the Bible. I talk about how we will be able to recognize each other. I talk about what happens at the moment of death. You know, a lot of people wonder about Uh that these uh days. Uh, I talk about uh, what it's like in our resurrection bodies, uh, which is going to be awesome. That's going to be a body upgrade that never again (laughs) gets sick or dies. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the reason why I put all this together is simply because people today are more interested than ever in the afterlife. They really are. And I can't help but think that one reason for that is because of the aging of America. Mm. Well, I found, as we went through funerals for our two adult sons, that there was a lot of confusion. Uh, And I I think uh, a lot of people are really confused about 
what happens at the moment of death and and if we have faith in Christ that our souls go to be with the Lord immediately. And our bodies, which the Bible says are tense, they do go into the grave until the resurrection. But let's talk, first of all, what does happen according to God's word. We're using the word as our, as our uh, guide at the moment of death. Well, at the moment of death, your spirit departs the body. In fact, uh, the Greek word thanatos carries the idea of separation. Your spirit separates from the body. Uh, just as easily as a hand slips out of a glove, the spirit slips out of the body. And if you're a Christian, your spirit immediately goes into heaven. And the Bible indicates to us in Luke's Gospel that there will be angels there to greet mm-hmm. you at the moment of death, right as your spirit slips out of the body, and will accompany you directly into heaven. And what's interesting, Kay, is that even though we are in a disembodied state at that point, we apparently still recognize each other uh, and, and communicate with each other, and we still have all of our memories with us. Uh, we see this in Luke 16, verses 19 to 31, where the rich man and Lazarus, they all recognized mm-hmm. each other just perfectly, even though they had died and passed on, and they carried their memories of their families with them. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, uh, even though we're disembodied for a time, it's still going to be glorious, with, you know, with Christ in heaven. And then we look forward to that future day, the day of the rapture of the Church, in which believers will also be reunited with their bodies. Those of us who uh, are with Christ in heaven will receive a body upgrade, a resurrected body, mm-hmm. and that body will last forever and ever and ever. Right, right. Now I want to talk just a little bit more. Um, uh, one of the books I read uh, over the last year, and you may or may not have read it, but it was... Um, uh, a story in about a man who who died in a car accident, and the book is called Twenty Minutes in Heaven. Have you read that book? Yes, in fact, uh, I, I believe was it um, uh, was it Don Piper or something like that. I think you know, I can't it. even remember his I name. I believe so, but I remember uh, the story and, and he so was well. In heaven for a certain amount of time, yeah, and he yeah. talked about what. He and then somebody to came and prayed for him, and he right. he he uh, he didn't die. I remember but that. I don't know for sure if it was a dream or if it was real, but boy, he said everyone he had ever known met him at the gates of heaven. He wasn't yet in heaven, uh, and and but he recognized all of them. And I just love that. And I don't know for sure because, uh, you know, I know you said, and, and I want to talk a little bit more what the Bible says about us knowing each other in heaven, but we're going to heaven because we're going to see Jesus. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's the wonderful thing. And we're going to be able to worship him. But give me a little bit about some of the Bible verses that talk about us knowing each other in heaven, besides the one that you just quoted, which some people would call a parable. But uh, because there's a name in it, Lazarus, we, we don't think it was a parable. We think it was a real story Jesus was sharing, wasn't well, it? Well, see, the thing is, is, if you do a study of Jesus' parables, you will always find that Jesus never, ever, ever told a parable that was not based on real truth. Oh, is that right? That's right. You know, he talked about a woman losing a coin on the floor. He talked about how, um, you know, the the sheep and the shepherd, the shepherd goes out to find the one lost sheep. I mean, he always used very real truths in his parables. I always thought because there was a name in that story, Lazarus. Um, Well, I think that it it is real. Yeah, I do too. uh, You know, when you look at uh, Luke 16, the whole context seems seems to indicate that it's not just a story that's made up, 
that, but but that it's that it's in fact something that occurred. But even if it was just a parable, nevertheless, Jesus never taught anything in a parable that was not based was upon not absolute truth. Okay. You and see? I, so either way you look at it, yeah. it seems clear that we do recognize each other. But I think there's other verses that are actually uh, even better on okay. that. Okay. Sure. You know, I think one one example is the Thessalonians. You know, if the Thessalonians wrote the Apostle Paul and said, "Hey, we're real concerned about some stuff here. Some of our folks have died and gone to heaven, and so we're kind of concerned about what happens to them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're concerned about whether we're going to all be together mm-hmm. again." And so the Apostle Paul wrote them a letter, First Thessalonians, and in that Paul promised them a reunion in First Thessalonians four verses thirteen through seventeen. And uh, in that text, he talks about how we're going to be together forever with all of our Christian loved ones, and therefore we are to comfort each other with this truth. And Paul even calls it the blessed hope. Oh. You see, it wouldn't be so fun if, we, if none of us recognized each yeah. other, but Paul indicates to them, based upon their felt need of, of uh, what happens to their dead loved ones, that indeed there will be a reunion and we will be together forever with Christ. Uh, certainly, David in the Old Testament, uh, you remember when his son died sure. in Second Samuel 12, verse 23? Uh, David knew he would be reunited with his deceased son, you know, and his son hadn't even grown up enough to trust in Christ. You know, that tells mm-hmm. us something about young babies and mm-hmm. infants. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's just quite a few verses that talk about this, and uh, these are just some of the more common ones. I also think about Moses and Elijah, how they appeared from yes. the great beyond yes. to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Right. Everybody recognized and them, of course. recognized them, yep. You know, uh, we read about the martyrs up in Revelation chapter 6, and these are martyrs who are disembodied, but uh, they're carrying on conversations with each other mm-hmm. and with the Lord himself. And so my, my, my sense of it is, is that the Scriptures are very clear that we will, in fact, recognize each other in heaven. Good. And um, uh, although this wasn't talking about recognition, I always love the story of Stephen. Uh, as he's being stoned to death, he looks up to heaven and he prays, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. I always use those verses with Jehovah's Witnesses. But he oh, expected verse, his soul or spirit to go to be with the Lord immediately. And I love that verse because of that. It, well, it just know, gives me of... comfort to know. Yeah. Yep. Well, I tell you what, I, I, uh, I think that's a tremendous truth that we can anchor ourselves on. Uh, you know, Second Corinthians 5 eight talks about to be apart from the body is to be at home with right. the Lord. right. And, and if it, I could, if I could say this, Kay, mm-hmm. um, without getting Greek on you, there is a Greek tense there that indicates split second. Oh, is that and right? At, at the exact split second that you're apart from the body, yeah. you are at home with the Lord. It's an aorist tense. You got you got a couple of aorist participles there, yeah. and so it indicates instantaneous. I believe that. I believe that. My youngest son uh was home on hospice with us and he passed away about four in the morning mm. and my husband woke me up and I was able to see his his body and my husband thought it would bother me and I said, I know he's with the Lord. You know, this is his tent that he yes. lived in and we loved him and we loved the way he looked but but uh but he is with the Lord because he had faith in Christ and um uh, I I I just so um, it, it it was almost comforting for me to see that 
that was no longer my Jeff because his body was there, but his the person that makes him, the thing that made him who he was, was his soul, and it was not there anymore. Yes. Well, you know, uh, my mom went to be with the Lord just two months ago, mm. and I was with her when it happened. All, all Me and my brothers and sisters were holding her hand, and we were all surrounding her, and we were there at the moment that it happened, mm-hmm. and her spirit departed the body and went to be with the Lord. We have no doubt about it whatsoever. Her Savior was Jesus Christ, and His promises are absolute. And because of that, even though we grieve, we do not grieve as the rest of men. No. You know, uh, even though I'm, you know, I, I feel that loss in my heart and wish that I could talk to my mom every oh, day. sure. Nevertheless, we've got a great reunion coming, according to First Thessalonians 4. And I don't know why the timing was like it was, but you know, there's an there's a, there's a illustration that's always helped me, and that is, is that we're all threads on the tapestry of life. Uh-huh. Each one of us is a thread on the tapestry of life. And as a thread, we can't see the entire tapestry at once, because we're part of the tapestry. Yes. So right now, we don't see everything clearly, but one day when we're in heaven, we'll see it I all. believe God's going to let us see the entire <laughs> tapestry, and everything Beautiful. will make sense. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, what do we do when we're in heaven, Ron? Well, that's a good question. In fact, uh, there are some people who have wondered if they're going to play harps sitting on clouds forever. (laughs) And I want to assure you in no uncertain terms that you will not be sitting on a cloud playing a harp. In fact, if I had to sit on a cloud playing a harp, you know, (laughs) I mean, that would get old real quick. Uh, Nor is it going to be like a church service. You know, a lot of people have in their mind this idea that it's going to be like a boring church service (laughs) with a sermon and, you know, know, old hymns and stuff Uh like that. Rather than that, Scripture indicates that heaven is going to be bustling with activity. In fact, Scripture indicates that the uh, the city of heaven, the New Jerusalem, is 1,500 by 1,500 by 1,500 miles. That's plenty big, Kay. Lots of streets lots of buildings, lots of rooms, and uh, lots of activity. And uh, the the great thing about our activities in heaven is that it's not going to be marred by human sin. Uh You see, sin messes up relationships. Sin takes everything and makes it bad. Sin is going to be gone. Satan is going to be gone. Death is going to be gone. Those are going to be things of the past. So we're going to be involved in a variety of activities. We'll also be participating in the heavenly government. Scripture says we will reign with Christ. Uh, and in terms of the times when we are engaged in worship, I want to assure you that it's not going to be like a boring church service. In fact, Scripture indicates in the book of Revelation that we are going to join 10,000 times 10,000 angels around the throne. By the way, Kay, are you good at math? Not really. Well, you know, 10,000 times 10,000 is not 20,000, as a lady no. said at one of my recent conferences. <laughs> it's 100 million. Oh, wow. And the thing is, is that 10,000 was the biggest number the ancient Greeks knew about. Oh. So the bottom line is, is it the biggest number <laughs> Biggest number the biggest you can number, think of. That's yeah. how many angels there are. Right. And, and, and by the way, though, let's clarify, we don't become angels when we die. No, no, no. not at all. In fact, that's a good point. Uh, my, my real point was to say that all of us redeemed Christians will join the angels and surround the throne in praise of Christ. Now, we know we don't become angels, contrary to Hollywood, because Scripture is very clear in distinguishing the creation of angels to begin with. Uh, human beings were created as humans. Angels were created as angels, according to Colossians 1.16. 
And furthermore, once we get to heaven, those of us who are Christians are seen as distinct from the angels in heaven. And so, yeah, we, we don't become angels no matter what you see in Hollywood movies. Yeah, it's it's amazing. We just recently did a program on angels, and I know you've written a book on angels too, haven't you? I think I interviewed uh, you. Uh, yeah, it's called Angels Among Us. Yeah, it'd be a great book to uh, do also. Well, one of the questions you have in your book is, and I thought this was really interesting, and I think our listeners will find it interesting, what are we to make of the so-called near-death experiences that people talk about? Well, that's a good question because there's a lot of Christians that, um, you know, have uh, asked this question. It's not just non-Christians, but Christians as well. And typically when people have a near-death experience, they report uh, um, going through like a tunnel and going into a, a great light and so forth. And the thing that I want to urge Christians to be careful about is, you know, who is this being of light? The reason why I raise that question is because there have been a number of people from different religions who have reported that this light was Buddha or Krishna or whatever particular uh, you know person was the head of their religion. And so the point being is that we must test all experiences against the Word of God. And no matter what you read about in somebody's book about a near-death experience, you have to test the all of those experiences against the one book that really matters, and that's the Bible. And my conclusion is simply this. I believe there is such a thing as a genuine near-death experience of a Christian, but Satan also counterfeits them to some of these false religions. Yes. Uh, one good example of a genuine one, in my opinion, was Dwight Moody. You're familiar with him, right? Yes. Dwight Moody was a great evangelist, and at the moment of his death he was passing in and out of consciousness, and at one point he uh, came to consciousness and said, uh, I've just seen our children, Dwight and Irene. Now, their children had died oh. uh, in years previous. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he, he had come back momentarily and mentioned uh, to, to those who were surrounding him in his room that he had just been with them and saw them. And, and then uh, he soon after died and was with them forever. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened to Billy Graham's maternal grandmother. You know, at the moment of death, she looked up and she said, Ben! Mm-hmm. You know, she saw Ben, her husband, who had died previously, oh, yeah. and then her body just slumped over, and mm-hmm. she was absent from the body, but at home mm-hmm. with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I think those are legitimate, but wow. I think there's also counterfeits that yeah. uh, we have to are be with careful. the false religions. Right. We have to be very careful. Yes. Good. Good. I, I think uh, that that's uh, excellent information that we need to share. Let me just make a couple announcements, and then we'll come back to this. Each week, Family Shield offers a complimentary booklet to our listeners. This week, we're offering Understanding the Pieces of the Puzzle. Please make sure when you call that you clearly give your name and address. To receive the booklet, at no cost, call toll-free 1-877-317-4326. Uh, Dr. Rhodes has also donated three of his books for us to give away. If you'd like to have your name uh, uh, entered into receiving a copy of that book, and we'll draw those names so that we are fair to those that maybe hear the program uh, next week because it's heard in different locations, uh, again, call that toll-free number one eight. Seven seven three one seven four three two six. I'd also like to invite our listeners that are in the St. Louis area to our trivia night. 
and uh, it is uh, a joint event through Family Shield Ministries and Our Ladies Inn, and it's for life. The theme is Rock and Roll for Life. It's Saturday, January 29th. Doors open at 6 p.m. for the Silent Auction and Fellowship. The trivia begins at 7, and uh, you can register at www.rladiesin.org. That is O-U-R. L-A-D-Y-S-I-N-N dot org. Our Ladies Inn is a maternity home for women and their children. It's a great ministry. We love partnering with them, and we hope that you can join us for that. Now let's go back to our discussion with Dr. Rhodes. Again, we're talking about heaven, Dr. Rhodes. What else would you like to share? I mean, the Bible in Revelation actually describes heaven, doesn't it? Well, it does, and it talks about heaven being the New Jerusalem, and we talked about the size of heaven just a little while ago. Uh, But what might be a little bit interesting is to talk about just a few of the blessings that are going to be ours. Uh, One great blessing is the complete absence of death. You know, today we fear death, at least Mm -hmm. a lot of people do. Uh, I know that when I die, I'm going to be with the Lord. But even the Apostle Paul considered death an enemy to be conquered. You know, so we don't like death. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no death in heaven. Uh, what about mourning? Today we mourn mm. when we lose someone close to us. Yes, we do. But in heaven, never again. No we tears. We will never again mourn because death will be gone forever and ever. And it says no tears, which is part of that mourning. Well, that's right. And what's interesting about that, Kay, is that uh, in the original Greek, that's singular, not a single tear. Mm. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's as if it's not just tears in general, as if it's like a general thing. But rather, it's a very specific statement that there's not going to be a single tear on a single face. Uh-huh. So it's very emphatic in the original language. Okay. And so I think that's a great thing. And I think also um, a great thing of heaven is the fact that we're going to have intimate fellowship with God and Christ. Face to face. Just think about that. Face to face is what Revelation says. You know, these days... Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're on earth, and God is in heaven, and we, we do have fellowship with God spiritually. But in heaven, we're going to actually be in the very presence of our God. How awesome is that? Uh, earlier, we talked about reunion with Christian loved ones and friends. That's mm-hmm. one of the best things about heaven to me. Yeah, it is, yeah. There's going to be satisfaction of all needs and perfect rest. It's kind of interesting, Kay, because even though we're going to be so, uh, serving the Lord mm-hmm. in various activities and even though the New Jerusalem will be bustling with activity, nevertheless, we're going to have absolute perfect rest. And I know what you're thinking. How are you going to get around in that big city that's 1,500 by 1,500 miles? Well, your resurrection body never gets tired. It never needs sleep. It never needs to be revived. It is a powerful body. And that, that's one of the reasons why the Bible calls our present bodies tents, whereas our future bodies are compared to buildings, like a high-rise building. Mm-hmm. And so th- those are just a few of the great blessings of the, heaven. That's great. And we do have one person that has already been in his resurrected body, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Because, you know, we have an example. <laughs> I know it's not the same as our bodies, but I always tell people Jesus had his resurrected body because he is both true God and true man. Well, that's right. Real the interesting thing man. is that his mm-hmm. resurrection is called the first fruit. Right the first fruits of more to come. And so that indicates that uh, even though there's a distinction between us and Jesus, obviously, nevertheless, our resurrection body is going to be, uh, you know, similar to the resurrection of his human body. Mm-hmm. You bet. Yeah, we have a, 
oh, about four minutes left, and I want you just to share whatever else you want to talk about related to heaven. Well, let me talk about a couple of other issues here that, that are very important to my own heart. Uh, let me talk a little bit about heaven for those who can't believe. Okay. What I'm talking about is little babies, uh, you know, uh, little infants who cannot be held responsible for their choices. Um, I'm contacted often by Christian parents who wonder what's become of their little children. And the reason why I want to address this is because there's a lot of strange views floating around out there. In fact, there are some Christians who believe that their babies sort of float around in sort of a limbo state. Uh, there's others that uh, say that God in his sovereignty looks down through their lives and determines whether or not they would believe. And if those babies would not have believed in Christ, then, then Christ sends those babies to hell. That's what some people actually believe. My belief is simply this. No matter what baby dies, no matter where they are on planet Earth, at the moment of death, Christ applies the benefits of his death to that baby, and they go straight to heaven. And uh, there's a number of verses that I, I talk about this, and, and, I, and four minutes is not enough to cover it all, but just to give you a little glimpse, not a single infant or young child is ever mentioned in the context of the future judgments. Not once do you find a single reference anywhere in the Bible of a young child or a baby in hell. Look at Jesus' own words about children in Matthew 18, to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And we, you and I must become like little children to enter into the kingdom. That's what Jesus himself said. These and many other verses lead me to believe that, uh, that if you've lost a young one, if your baby has passed away, he is with the Lord today, and anchor yourselves with that hope. And so, okay, I know someone's listening to me right now who's lost a young one. You know, and, and it could be that, uh, that one of the purposes of this radio show today is to minister to those very people. So praise the Lord for that. You bet. You bet. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I, I want to, let's see, I've got uh, a little, maybe one more minute. Well, good. Uh, Can I talk about an eternal perspective as we close? Real quickly, yeah. Well, let me just say this. Um, heaven is not just about the future. Heaven also gives us strength in the present. In fact, Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2, says that we should set our hearts on the things above. Set our hearts on the things above. And that's a present tense in the Greek, mean, meaning keep on every single second, keeping your hearts on the things above. And that will help you in the present. All right, very good. Uh, Family Shield is a listener-supported radio program. Your prayers and financial support allow us to continue to air this radio program. Send your donations to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Next week, my guest is Reverend Roger Sonnenberg. He is the chairman of Family Shield Ministries, and he uh, and his church have uh, begun a love fest, which is not what it sounds like. It's a, a, a for-life uh, program to help teens learn um, how to... Uh, deal with abstinence and other issues related to life. Uh, we uh, pray that God will bless you and your family. If you'd like to learn more about Family Shield or sign up for our email newsletter, go to www.familyshieldministries.com. We'd love to uh, have you sign up and learn more about what's coming up 
each week on the Family Shield program. God bless your day. Bye. You've been listening to Family Shield, a radio production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people to know Christ, grow in His Word, and strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123 or call 1-877-317-4326. A CD of today's program is available upon request.